Hello and welcome to Take 18, a movie-focused podcast produced by the Central Coast Film Society. My name is Daniel Lair. I am the founder and executive director of the Central Coast Film Society, and I thank you for being here. You can hear a little bit more about me if you want by listening to our earlier podcast in First Take. But now we're going to be looking into movie news, some reviews, and uh, even some interviews. So let's dive into our movie news. In the box office, 1917 just supplanted Star Wars Rise of Skywalker from the number one seat, earning $37 million, and Star Wars getting another $15 million. So Star Wars is just now sitting just under $1 billion worldwide. But close behind Star Wars this weekend was Jumanji, the next level, taking in a $14 million. And newcomers to this past weekend just couldn't really make a dent with Like a Boss coming in fourth place at $10 million and Underwater in seventh place at $7 million. In other news, Golden Globes were awarded. And uh, I definitely think that there was some, some very good uh awards given out 1917 won the top honor for best motion picture drama and of course once upon a time in hollywood won as the best motion picture musical or comedy uh some of the performances renee zellweger as judy uh definitely deserving of that win as as well as joaquin phoenix as joker both phenomenal um, performances by two well-known actors and uh, actresses and it just absolutely amazing to see their transformations it was definitely uh well well deserved in my humble opinion uh other things that were really stood out to me um was that uh sam mendez he won for 1917 and the best screenplay went to quentin tarantino for once upon a time in hollywood so they all seem to be the kind of winners uh some of the shutouts though looks like it was uh, the irishman had a lot of buzz going into the awards season uh, didn't pick up any wins uh, in those big categories there. So definitely an interesting um, play-by-play on how that sort of unfolded. One of the other interesting things to me was looking at the um, the animated films of the year. And it was, uh, uh, Disney got shut out. I mean, normally Disney is kind of the, uh, the go-to award-winning animation studio but uh, this time it went to the missing link beating out frozen 2 and toy story 4 as well as the lion king and how to train your dragon from universal so well done it's going to be an interesting thing to see how this shapes up for the academy awards so speaking about academy awards the nominations were just recently uh came out uh it was interesting to see how their nominations for the Academy Awards this year seem to have run the gamut on more more popular movies, or at least movies that I, I think more people have actually seen. Um, I, I'm going to admit I have not seen all of them yet, but there's more on this list that I, I really want to see. Um, I didn't get a chance to see Ford versus Ferrari. Uh, I think that looked really fun, uh, really good. Um, definitely want to see Marriage Story as well. Uh, have not got a chance to see that. And I'm not going to lie, I have not seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but I am a Tarantino fan, so uh, definitely looking forward to that. Um, I did see uh, recently, I just saw 1917, uh, Little Women, Irishman. Uh, those all kind of came out over the, the holi- uh, holiday break. 
And so I uh, was able to go see those, and, and we'll talk about them in just a minute, but definitely uh, deserving of some, some noms here. Um, I think the Golden Globes are going to be a pretty good precursor as to who's going to win here. Uh, I think Joaquin Phoenix definitely um, transformed completely into that role for Joker. And it was interesting because uh, having a conversation about it, it that, that role of Joker, it's so iconic. It's so... Everybody knows that Heath Ledger's role and, uh, you know, and Jack Nicholson, um, they're, they're very iconic in their own ways. But uh, I think what Joaquin Phoenix did here was that he was able to take that role and really um, push it into his own uh, thing, which was amazing to watch. So uh, definitely I think that was deserving of their uh, of that film getting I mean, they got 11 nominations. That was the most. Um, followed closely behind by uh, uh, 10 Oscar noms for each of uh, Irishman, 1917, and then Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So I think those are the four movies that are probably going to be making out with uh, a lot of these uh, statues here in uh, just a couple of weeks now. Definitely for supporting role as well, um, I, I'm looking at the just the names. <laughs> I was laughing about this. I mean, you look at the names of the actors that are nominated for this. It's Tom Hanks, Anthony Hopkins, Al Pacino, Joe Pesci, and Brad Pitt. And I'm like, I just want to see a movie with all of those guys in it. Like, somehow, can that just happen? Um, I, I, and, and I'm just putting, putting it out there. I think Joe Pesci is going to nab that one um, just because he's kind of the underdog. But uh, everybody kind of <laughs> loves him, and especially in in that movie, he was. Uh, he, I I don't know if he was acting, but I mean, he was he was good. So um, and uh, actresses, I mean, uh, I I got to go see Little Women, uh, but I mean, Charlize Theron as as uh, Megan Kelly in in Bombshell, it was. Uh, I mean, I I I try to look at them like side by side, and it's that's it's almost terrifying how well. She looks and is just like her. So, uh, well, well done. Um, same thing with, uh, I mean, Margot Robbie uh, doing great. Uh, Laura Dern got a lot of uh, uh, kind of attention uh, for Marriage Story. So, uh, definitely want to check those out, too. Um, and, of course, Best Animated Films of the Year. Uh, it, it, the Frozen didn't even make the cut on this one. Um, Missing Link sure did. Toy Story 4 did. How to Train Your Dragon did. But then we had I Lost My Body in Klaus. So some interesting uh, choices. I think um, looking ahead at some of the other top categories, though, uh, cinematography nominees, I, I, I loved the look of Joker. Uh, Irishman, I, I, I'm... We'll talk about it again. I wasn't that blown away by it. It was kind of just like, okay, well, that's well, that was a good movie, but that's about it. Um, Lighthouse. I have not seen the Lighthouse, but from everything I've seen of it, the the beauty of black and white is amazing. One of what I think is one of the best movies ever made is Schindler's List, and I think that the cinematography with the black and white is much more of a precision artistic form. And uh, I, I definitely give uh, folks props who want to do that. Um, it is it is an amazing accomplishment, so uh, well done there. But of course, then we can't talk about cinematography without talking about 1917 and what they try to do with their, their whole thing being in one take 
Um, of course, uh, they're not the first movie to to do this. I mean, Hitchcock tried to do this um, as well. Uh, so you're always kind of looking for clever edits and things like that. But there's definitely a lot of work that was done in these super long, immensely epic takes. And uh, that camera work is is not to be ignored. There are some beautiful shots in it. So um, I'm, I'm excited to see that. It, it is going to be absolutely amazing to see uh, what comes of it. And uh, I, I, I couldn't be more <laughs> excited about that. And of course, uh, we will touch on this a little bit later, but we do have a Oscar viewing party. So stay tuned and you get to hear about where to find all of those details. So, but let's talk about a little bit about my movie reviews uh, of a couple of things that I saw. So we'll just touch base on a few things. If you want to know, like uh, my Star Wars Rise of the Resistance, uh, Rise of Skywalker, I, I, I wrote a spoiler and non-spoiler review. Uh, you can check those out on our blog at centralcoastfilmsociety.org. But um, I, I got the chance to go see Little Women, and, and, and I really enjoyed it. I think it was a, a very solid movie, solid performances. Um, there was a, one casting call that I was kind of scratching my head on, um, and but it, it was... Uh, Overall, it was good. I'd, I'd give it about a three and a half out of five stars. It, it definitely hit the right notes. It was um, emotional. It was funny. It was touching. And I think it was, it, honestly, it, it's a perfect Christmas, non-Christmas movie, if you want to put it that way. It was uh, definitely um, well acted for sure. Jumanji, the next level. Uh, that was fun. So if, if you enjoyed the other Jumanjis, you're definitely going to like this as well. Uh, this is also, a lot of people called it Jumanji 2, but it's not. It's actually Jumanji 3. If you uh, round out with the Robin Williams um, version, uh, it actually does carry on. It's the same universe. It's kind of fun. you got to look carefully for it. But don't go into it looking for any Academy Awards coming out of this. They are going in there having fun, and you should too. But I still give that a 3 out of 5. Uh, went and saw 1917. That was it was darn near close to perfection for me. I give it a four and a half out of five. Um, it did bug me at times when uh, some of the slower parts in the middle of the movie, I started kind of looking intentionally trying to find the edits and the cuts because I'm like, okay, I get I get the gag now. I get I get what we're doing here. I know that the, I'm being tricked and I I'm just trying to see. So it actually. I don't know if that was 100% the right call, um, just because I think in something that was as epic as this, they it needed a little bit more of uh, wider shots. But again, the acting and the performances, the direction, the I mean, the production value alone on that was, was spot on. They had to build these massive sets, uh, bring in all these extras. I mean, I, I also saw a thing that they, you know, the camera guys who were handing off the cameras and, to the next truck were, were dressed up as extras, you know, as soldiers. So that way when the cameras pull away, you can't tell that there was actually crew. <laughs> so they did a lot of really amazing uh, work on that. So uh, hats off to 1917. And finally, of course, I just want to talk about The Irishman. Uh, that got a lot of noms and, uh, uh, it, you know, it was good. As I, I kind of alluded to before, I think um, Robert De Niro... You know, he's he's uh, this is his role. This is kind of what he was made for. Uh, and Al Pacino, Joe Pesci, even Ray Romano uh, in there, you know, they, they all played their parts very well. And I don't think 
I, I just don't feel like there was anything new brought to it. I, I liked the story. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed seeing, you know, what's going to happen to Jimmy Hoffa. Of course, we all know he, he kind of, you know, disappeared. Um, but of course, you know, it's a gangster movie in, in long and short of it. It's it's a it's a gangster mob movie. And, you know, uh, Scorsese does a, a great job with that. But, you know, it's long and it's it's sometimes it feels very long and, you know, you could speed it up a little bit and like nothing's really changing here. Um, so I, I think the acting was good. I think it was it was spot on. But again, it was stuff that I'd all seen from him before. Uh, so I was a little little underwhelmed by that. So I'll give the Irishman three out of five. Now, speaking of Ray Romano, uh, he was a great character in that movie. But we're going to move over into Central Coast film news. And, and you know, Ray Romano, he he seemed a little bit of like a throwaway uh, character for, um, you know, the talent for the uh, the casting of that character. But Ray was actually in a, a Netflix film, another Netflix film that was out here on the Central Coast recently um, with uh, Mark Duplass and uh, Paddleton, which got some pretty good critical acclaim so definitely check that out but uh, coming soon there is going to be another show that is boldly going to the central coast that's right it is star trek picard airing on cbs's all access streaming service and that's going to start on january 23rd now we here at the central coast film society were actually the ones to break the news that the filming location was going to be here on the central coast we saw the trailer and uh, immediately we recognized Sunstone Vineyard and the villa there in San Inez. So we broke that when the trailer first dropped. Um, it was amazing to see the response we got because, uh, well, I mean, as you know, Patrick Stewart, he's returning his, his iconic role and he's he's coming out of retirement, going on a new mission. Uh, but it looks like that the location that he had retired to was the Central Coast and standing in for his vineyard estate in, in France. Um, but it was interesting to see like all the people responding to our, our, our posts, uh, that, oh, now I can finally talk about it. You know, it was almost like a, a relief that people could finally start talking about what was going on at the vineyard. Cause some people knew, some people knew there was something happening. Uh, we couldn't tell what, you know, those non-disclosure forms, but once that trailer drops and that image shows up, then you're like, yep, I know where that was. And so they could finally start talking about it. That was a lot of fun. Uh, so we're definitely looking forward to Star Trek coming to the valley uh, down there in San Inez. And so, uh, I mean, we love Star Trek, so we're going to be watching this very closely, and we hope you will as well. Also, please go check out Underwater. The film uh, is in theaters, I believe, right now. This is the first uh, creature feature of the year, and it was directed by an old classmate of mine, William Eubank. He's, uh, in fact, uh, myself... Him and two other members of the Central Coast Film Society board were all classmates, all from the same high school, same year. So um, I'm always wanting to cheer them on. So go well. In other news, the Central Coast Film Society played host to the 321 Student Film Competition on January 11th. We screened over seven, 17 films, short films, uh, for an audience at the San Luis Obispo Library. We had students from Santa Maria, Napomo, and San Luis Obispo High Schools all submit their work. So the other fun thing was that at this event, we brought our podcast microphones there and uh, recorded a little bit. So here's the little segment we rolled from that location.
And we're here at the San Luis Obispo Library where we just finished having our 321 student film competition. And I am here with Riza Georgie, our president of the board of directors. Hello, everyone. Hi. So, Riza, you just watched all the movies here. What did you we think did. about that? Oh, my goodness. These kids are so talented. I can't even begin to describe how, I mean, each one of them was so different and entertaining and you could tell that they put a lot of work and effort into them. So, um, to be honest, I was really nervous <laughs> when we put the call out for the videos. And uh, were you were you happy quality. with the response? Then? Very yeah. happy. Um, I thought they I thought they were great. I I mean, and they all ran the gamut. Like what I was worried about, uh, to be honest, was. Our theme for this competition was digital distraction. Exactly. And, you know, what what do teenagers essentially view as a digital distraction? I mean, we didn't you know, have these. No, we exactly. School, Daniel, right. So no. Yeah. We so, didn't have so, any. So it's, it's interesting to see that they ran the gamut from uh, virtual reality to right. cell phones to music. Right. <laughs> I mean, right. it, it really just. And how it impacts their daily lives. Everything was very original and creative. There wasn't any repeats of any sort of story or anything like that, which really was fun to see, just the unique take on everything. Right. I think um, one of them that really spoke to me was the trapped in virtual reality. It yeah. was hysterical. That was good. These kids... Um, Watching know, carrots watching grow. Watching carrots grow. For 12 hours. For 12 hours. <laughs> yep. And uh, pretending to wash dishes and, yep. you know, talk to their parents while they're trapped in virtual reality. Is, it was just um, it was just really funny. Yeah, totally. And then the fact that they weren't actually <laughs> in virtual reality. Was right. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. No, it's very good. Um, I liked the Battle of the Britney and Beyonce, too. The dance battle. Dance off. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. And of course, the final round. I thought that was really unique. That was really cool. With the one, with the, the one, one, shot. one take. Yeah, yep. the one take. That's yeah. a lot of planning, a lot of coordination, exactly. and uh, and and yeah. And still keeping the kind of comedic timing of it too, like having, right. you know, um, the kid who's trying to return the cord gets, you know, he slips on wet ground and he gets attacked by a jock and they and did win best cinematography they, they got they because that camera work was impressive exactly. i mean it's a pre-planning there was a lot of work that went there into that a lot of work so mm -hmm. congratulations to those guys um and then the adamo one um best director best yep. director ian mm -hmm. mckay he yep. was here so it was nice to meet him yep. and um, I hope that he continues making films it's because great. it was very entertaining yeah yeah i i it was really really good and then our grand prize. Yeah, so our grand prize was the uh, digital distraction from San Luis High School. Exactly, and it was and the fun rom. It was, was a, it was a romance. It yeah, was. It, it was, was a, a romance, romance in the library. Exactly, <laughs> and they're just texting each other. Yep. And you know, I was kind of um, when I first watched it, it was a little unnerving. You know, film reading text, yeah. but it worked. Oh, we have Ian here in our in the sidelines hey, as well. So Ian, come on over. So we'll we'll have uh, Ian jump in here in just a second. Exactly. Um, so I just want to say congratulations to all these kids. And yeah. I hope that they just keep going and we'll we'll keep making competitions so they can keep filming. For sure. Yes. Yeah. All right. I'm going right. to let Ian take all over right. right now. So here we have Ian McKay. He just won the award for best directing here at the three two one film competition. So, hi Ian. Hi. How's it going? <laughs> good. Good. So tell me, how do you feel right now? 
uh, kind of overwhelmed. Yeah. Surprised. Yeah. That's that's pretty awesome. I mean, I loved your movie. Uh, you know, I was one of the judges, but it was it was uh, really fun and refreshing to see. Um, I mean, like, just even with the special effects with the phone just floating up, like, what was going through your mind when you, like, when you sat down, you got the rules, you got, you know, three to one. So three, three minutes, three pages, two characters, one location, and then the theme of digital distraction. Well, how did, what was your process? Where'd you, where'd you go with that? Well, I, I knew I wanted it. I knew I wanted it to be a romance because I didn't think a lot of people would do that. Um, and I'm a fan of chick flicks. So yeah, yeah. I, I had to channel it. Hey, um, my, my first feature film I ever made was a rom-com, so it's all good. Yeah, <laughs> totally. So um, the original idea was the, the kid sitting in the cafe, and the, the girl he likes walks in, and that was all. Um, and most of the film was dominated by a texting conversation he right. was having with his friends. Um, but then I reread my script a few times, and I said, no, Ian, you're cooler than that. <laughs> so... Yeah. I tried to make the, the phone kind of float up into the air with a fishing line. Yeah, yeah. Which was, it could have been better, but no, it was better it, than I thought it would no, be. No, it, told, it sold it. Yeah, no, it was great. That was <laughs> a lot of fun. Um, I think people definitely, uh, it's almost that um, element of fantasy that was put into it yeah. that I think a lot of people uh, responded to. But just the shots themselves were very well um, uh, organized and, and, and compo composed. Uh, so I, because you're telling a lot of story in a very f small amount of time. Yeah. I mean, you've got rules, you know, and that's, that's one of the hard things. It's like, if you were just told, go out and make a movie, some people might think that's liberating. Other people think that's terrifying, but you know, when, so when you've got these kind of parameters that you have to adhere to, um, does that help? Does that hurt? Like, oh, what do you think? It definitely helps because, yeah. well, I, t I tend to m come up with big lavish ideas with special effects and, <laughs> I end up with a movie that's twice the length of yep. what it should have been, yep. and then I have to take out parts, and then it just ends up way worse yeah. than if I had made something uh, simple and small. You sound a lot, a lot like me when I was making movies in high <laughs> school. I, I was making sci-fi movies. I was making, like, I did not want to make anything that was, like, current, present, you know, ordinary world. I wanted to do <laughs> something that was, like... Now we're going to get some production value in this thing, you know? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I totally get it. I think that's great. Uh, what's your next projects you got lined up? Anything? Uh, not much right now. I'm, no? I'm part of my school's film production club, and we're, we're planning a film, nice. hopefully filming soon, but we still need to rally our troops okay. a little. Well, great. Well, hopefully you met some more people here today. I mean, yeah. that's one of the cool yeah. things about... I think what what this is is that you get to meet people, you know, like-minded folks that are are locals. I mean, uh, so definitely stay in touch, keep going, and uh, congratu <laughs> congratulations on your win. That was great. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. All right, and we are now here with Jennifer Kinsey. And so, Jennifer, you actually, uh, I believe, you just got the Technical Achievement Award. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. 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 So tell me about your movie. Um. So it's about like this guy that gets all paranoid because he thinks he's being watched everywhere which he it turns out that he is right and it's just crazy because like at the end his friend like distracts him with a meme and there's like this ominous vibe to it it's right awesome. right so what do you think happened to him at the end there um i think he just completely <laughs> forgot about just it for, yeah, <laughs> yeah so he was like whatever <laughs> so okay so w when when you heard about this competition the three two one you know you does that help having the the kind of guidelines there for you when when making a movie like this? Like, how did you approach it? Well, like at first uh, we were like um, 
talking about um, ideas in the class of like what all we should do. And so at first we were like, is this going to just be a bunch of PSA videos? Because like digital distraction, like right. don't be on your phone. Yeah. Um, I think I think it's great that you actually went with a narrative and not necessarily. I mean, we did have a PSA in there. Yeah. But uh, it, it's great that you're you guys still were able to find that narrative structure to it. Yeah. Um, so one of my friends, Elias, originally came up with like this little surveillance idea. Um, and then the who was like he was one of the actors in it. And then the other person, uh, Avery, came up and like expanded upon it a little bit more. And I helped to expand upon that even more. Nice. So we all just like just three people. <laughs> yeah. Putting so this so how did you come up with like the uh, the the surveillance like because when when watching the movie you you're you're seeing it from the surveillance point of view like yeah. how did you like did you just sit around the library and go I think I'd put a camera right there yeah pretty much <laughs> yeah 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 this this we were like this is, could be a place where a camera could be hiding <laughs> nice yeah okay so uh what's the what's up next for you like you have any other big projects you're working on yeah in the class we're all required to do like this big 10 minute tops video and i just started recording that today okay which um it's like my video is kind of spooky also so what's your favorite kind of movies to do is it that that kind of horror spooky stuff well Believe not necessarily, but like hey. that's just what ends up happening, really. <laughs> that's okay. No, it, it's honestly, I love doing uh, kind of the spooky stuff myself. I mean, one of the first movies that I, I worked on professionally was uh, The Mist. Yeah. And, and so, I, you know, what's cool about it is like it's the idea of the monster and, or whatever the scare is. Yeah, and, yeah. and then, it, then you know, you just show little snippets. Mm -hmm. um, so we actually just had a, a, a local, actually it's a, a classmate of, of Riza and I. We went to high school with him. Uh, Will William Eubank, he just did Underwater, which just came out in the theaters um, hmm. uh, this weekend, actually. Oh, so, cool. but it's a it's a creature feature, you know. That's, <laughs> that's but it's fun. It, that's that's the thing that I love is that it, just going to movies to have a good time, you know. Yeah. And so it looks like that's kind of like what what you like to do too. Yeah. Yeah. I just like to work with cameras and like see try a bunch of different stuff. So, what is your favorite movie? My favorite movie. Ooh. I have like a big <laughs> list. All right, top three. <laughs> top three. Top three. Um, the men who stare at goats. Nice. It's hilarious. Yeah. Um, the purple flower of Cairo. Okay. Um, that's an interesting idea. Yeah. And um, maybe thirty year old virgin. That's pretty <laughs> funny. It's you really just, well done. Your your range right there. Yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's all we got here. But thank you so much for stopping by. Thank you. And congrats again. Thank you. Our student film competition was, in a sense, a wonderful mini-festival, but of course, there are others here on the Central Coast. So up next is the Santa Barbara International Film Festival, and that'll be open from January 15th through the 25th. The festival plays over 200 films and is seen as kind of a precursor to award winners at the Academy Awards. Now, I had the honor of attending the festival several times and as a filmmaker. And once I was actually the winner of their 101010 student competition. I was so much fun, learned a lot, uh, definitely, definitely a fun experience for me. So be on the lookout there for, uh, you know, who might win some Oscar gold here in the near future. So 
Uh, now, speaking of which, uh, so the Central Coast Film Society, we do have some events coming up, um, and one of them is going to be our Oscar viewing party. That's going to be in Arroyo Grande this year, and it's going to be at the Figueroa Mountain Brewing Company. The show begins Sunday, February 9th at 3.30 and goes until it's done, but that's probably about uh, 9 o'clock-ish. This is, of course, a family-friendly event, so we'll have more information for you up, coming up on our website and on the social media event pages as well. We also are going to be there to support our member of the board of directors, Chris Manigault. Uh, he actually helps produce the red carpet show there before the actual Oscars. And uh, last year, I was extremely fortunate to go down with Chris and walk the red carpet the day before the Oscars. It was amazing uh, just to see all the work that goes into running that show, just the, the red carpet alone. Um, but one of the coolest parts was definitely going into the Dolby Theater and being able to watch the rehearsals going on for the Oscars. Um, it was amazing. The sound is actually what blew me away. I could not believe how good of a, a sound system they had at the Dolby Theater. So there you go. Um, but it's an amazing experience, and I, I, we couldn't be prouder of Chris. So uh, we'll, we'll get him on here on the show and uh, have him talk about the experience there uh, very soon. So stay tuned to Take 18. We'll, uh, check, we'll get, touch in with uh, Chris on that. Now, another thing to put on your radar is we are going to have uh, 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 a meetup for filmmakers and fans. So it's going to be kind of a mixer, just kind of hobnob, talk about your projects, and uh, maybe even make some friends and some crew. Uh, that's the number one way to, to get out there and, and find the talent um, in this area is just go to mixers like this. Just talk to people, talk about what you're working on. You know, um, so this is going to be on March 1st from 3, from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. at the Central Coast Brewing in San Luis Obispo. Again, this is also all ages, so we encourage students and families to attend. Just come and celebrate cinema together. So, And with that, that's basically a wrap here on this edition of Take 18. Again, this has been a production of the Central Coast Film Society. We are a 501c3 organization, and we couldn't make this show or anything that we do possible without your generous support. So please, uh, to help make a difference, please, please, please consider making a donation or uh, purchasing a membership or just simply attending our, our events. Visit our website, centralcoastfilmsociety.org. That's centralcoastfilmsociety.org for more information. You can sign up for our newsletter or just simply follow us on social media. And I, I just want to give a big shout out to more to our more than 2,500 followers we currently have on Facebook. It's a great place to get all of our news and uh, find out some little tidbits about all the movies that were shot here on the Central Coast. So stay tuned. All right. Well, thank you again. And I truly hope you enjoyed this episode. And that's a take. Thank you.